Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, what's up, what's up? Back in effect. Hello. It's the Native Sons Podcast, dopest podcast on the planet. My name is Drex One. E-E-O. Sean to the G. <laughs> and we got uh, Deshaun Davis holding us down. Dream Ear Production Studio. Yay, yay. Live from San Francisco, California. How are my brothers doing today? Hey, man. Cooling, cooling, cooling. Doing splendid. Having some fun, man. We had a lot of hot topics. Come on in. How was everybody's fourth? Man, made some money, had some good times. There you go. Hey, you can't ask for a better, a better holiday. Shit, man. Lakeview turns into World War Three. <laughs> it's a war zone. July, man. <laughs> yeah, one thing I want to say is I grew up in, you know, Priscilla Park, the mission too, but obviously a lot of San Francisco, like we blew up tons of fireworks. Oh my god. So we used to blow up we used to buy fireworks just and sell them just to buy buy more fireworks. <laughs> and <laughs> it got to a fireworks. point where like as a man, as an adult, I I just graduated blowing up M1000s. Oh, shit. I buy like 30 of them and just go crazy. And I got over that the past, uh, maybe five years ago. And I just am thankful that uh, I never lost any fingers. Man, God, for real. And I got out alive and never hurt anyone else. So I'm, I'm, every 4th of July now, I reflect like I'm just glad no harm. I actually, we accidentally burned a part of Berlin Heights down. <laughs> when we were about 13, 14 years old with fireworks, but other than that, we never heard anyone. So. It sounded like sobriety, man. It's been five it's been years. Five it really years was. It was, it was, it was, <laughs> really it was, it really was, right it was some great pyromaniac shit, want to bro. What like, else? Swear to God. So I'm just saying, I'm thankful that, you know, I, you I never. Shit, like, I gotta buy some more fireworks. Hey, man, sure fireworks. Shit, man. You never know, man. The rush is like blowing up a payphone. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I for sure burned some shit down when I was a kid. Oh man, man. it's gotta be Back cool. Man. I don't know about the statute of limitations. Man. <laughs> <laughs> they probably still looking for you, Roberto Heights. Man. Hope not. Backdraft. Yeah, the, the <laughs> fourth landed in the middle of the week though, so that was kind of weird. It, it wasn't was. on the weekend, but hey, it's always like really interesting in these holidays, man. You see the gentros disappear, and yeah. you see the tourists come in. Yeah, get that nice exchange. You know what I'm saying? And that, I, swap. Yeah. And that's like honestly, I, as much as I don't. You know, I'm, uh, I, I've grown to not blow up fireworks anymore. I, I'm very <laughs> proud of of the natives and the locals that blow up fireworks to remind these oh, gentros yeah. and these colonizers, you know, who who's really from here. Oh yeah. So for so sure, I, sure. It, it makes me happy to hear the rolling thunder of the bombs, you know, Guns. blowing and all that shit. <laughs> so that you know, people know that you know. What I mean, uh, I mean, I'm not. They're really, not built for this. Personally, I'm not really a fan of it. I, I give it a space, but you know, this shit go to twelve in the morning, man. That and, shit go to uh, July eighth. Yeah, bro. <laughs> hey, those are the people. Those I are got dog. I got pets, man. <laughs> those are the people. I know I, a lot of people. Real talk though, that got like vets and their family and shit like that too. Oh, yeah. And uh, at the end of the day, I don't like celebrating that guy. Like my shit too, man. man. He don't like it, man. Nah, fuck that holiday. I'm just saying. It, I'm just saying the. You know, what I mean, when the the fireworks are getting blown up and the, and the gentros are scared and they're clutching their pillow at home. It's a beautiful well, like thing. Like I said, they, but that's when they leave town. They're like going to good. Their don't come back. On, Blow up you know, the bridge, Lake Michigan. <laughs> Blow up the bridge so they can't come back. Yeah, it's man. all good, yeah. Whoa, bro! You talking about all types of hot shit today? I, I'm, I kid because I care. We're gonna have to get this shit scrubbed. From so that. what we got, babe? What we got? What we got? It was um, it was a legend's birthday yesterday. Okay, yeah, Sean, you want to talk about that, man? I know he was really someone special to you. Yeah, I think he was special to, to, to the everyone game, for and, sure, and for to sure. the game, music game, and uh, to the podcast game, man. Combat Jack it was his birthday uh, yesterday. It's, it's been about a year since he passed away. Yeah, rest in peace. Uh, God bless the dead. Rest in peace. If you to don't Combat know who, Jack. who that is, and why don't you break it down? Who 
Combat Jack, aka Radio Say. Um, he really, he was a longtime entertainment lawyer. Um, you know, for for a bunch of record labels, Rockefeller, Violator, uh, Violator um, Peace Chris Lighting. Yeah, Definitely. a bunch of he was an instrumental part of a bunch of uh, artists in New York. But uh, in his later years, uh, got into the podcast game. And the first podcast I ever listened to was the Combat Jack Show, which was. Reggio say aka Combat Jack's show. And on that show, I got to learn a premium Pete, Dallas yeah. Penn, Jess Blaze, who obviously we all knew about, but he was on that show. And uh, a bunch of uh, great, really great um, interviews and episodes, man. And, uh, Epic shit. I liked, really interesting stuff. I liked him a lot because when he, whenever he, one, he had really good guests. He had a lot of variety Always. of guests, but yeah. he definitely had like, you know, some really. Uh, awesome people from the hip hop culture, man. And I liked how he always like um, started like way back in the beginning, and he got really in depth. He, I think he's definitely like breaking through and like not asking typical interview questions. Oh hell yeah, and, he was a great interviewer. Yeah, man. Yeah. It, like he, I really learned some cool stories about like even like Wu Tang and like people I already knew stuff about. Like he would get some really juicy like gems out of yeah, and, and you know like most of these these uh, other podcasts that you that you see and you hear about are definitely inspired by by him and his uh, podcast. And you know, again, going back to like really in depth interviews, I like. I mean, he would sit down with for two or three hours with someone yeah, yeah. and talk to yeah. him about everything. You know, yeah. and he because- was on to something with with that mogul shit too. Wait, I don't know if they're oh, gonna keep keep that going. What but, was that? Can you remind me? Uh, mogul was a a podcast series. The first season was about Chris Lighty. Oh, so shit. So his whole story. Oh, damn. Yeah, up until his death, bro. Oh, I got to check that out. Yeah. Is it's that called up? Mogul. Is it still up? Yeah, it's, okay. on, it's on Spotify or whatever. That, so, was, wow. that was towards the, uh, the end of his life. Yeah, it was like a couple years ago. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, He also brought Taxstone into the game, if oh, I'm yeah. not yeah. mistaken. Drink Champs, Taxstone. Drink Champs, too. A lot, I mean, well, a lot not, of people are inspired. inspired. They inspired. The yeah, for sure, for sure. One person I learned about on Combat Jack, what four or five years ago? Who I, I never knew about. Who I've never been a fan of someone I, I disagree with so much, but is is Star AKA Troy Twain, uh, oh, who is a fucking yeah. hilarious person. And and that episode of the Combat Jack show is incredible. I gotta go back. And it's hear so that. good, man. But uh, Star is definitely someone that uh, I've I've never been a fan of someone I disagree with so much, man. <laughs> but he's funny. He's man. a very problematic and guy. He's definitely he's, a fucking asshole. He's fucking dope. At the but same he's like, yeah, he's exactly he's dope at the same time. He's an interesting person. And I think Combat Jack actually got, you know, star and you know, re energized and more excited about doing his own thing too. Right. So Yeah, he was more uh video though, with YouTube and shit. Uh Star. No, no, but he still yeah. had his show with, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, for the DJ out of New Jersey. I, mean, I think just bringing a lot of this classic hip-hop media journalism into the internet era and onto platforms like SoundCloud and Complex TV, mm-hmm. I think he was definitely a big ambassador for that. You know? Yeah, and you know, it was really cool that he was someone that uh, he always wanted people to, to dream and pursue their dreams and try new things and, do, and you know... Um, you know, I think well, he, he passed. was a living testament to that shit. Yeah, yeah. He, oh, he never stopped. To, yeah, entertainment lawyer. Like, see, on that note, um, like just now, me being in law school and about I'm a year away from taking the bar. Like, that's really dope. One to see a a, a black lawyer. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then two to see someone who's really down with the hip hop culture. Like, 
you know what I'm saying, to still be able to navigate those both worlds and, and get through law school and have a, a you know, a, a legal career that still connects to the music and the culture he grew up with, like, that's a huge inspiration for someone like me. Hell you know yeah. what I'm saying? So that's definitely something. And uh, for funny enough, I, I there's a lot of people that have like uh, stories of him being a fucked up lawyer, being pretty shady. <laughs> Nori, um, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think and, and hearing those stories, too, hearing heard. those stories a few times with with Nori, especially, um, it wasn't that he was shady. It was just that he was kind of negligent. Um, it wasn't purposeful though. You know what I'm saying? It just. Uh, I don't know. I got the impression that he was skimming off the top. You think so? Some of those deals, yeah. Uh, yeah, with yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, with the, with specifically with the with the Nori shit, it just seemed like he got him to sign some shit that he shouldn't have signed. I think I remember him saying that too. Yeah, yeah. and he finally he finally like fessed up to it. Like, yeah, this is not to say he's a shady person. Nah, like, nah, definitely nah. Don't yeah, I definitely don't yeah. It's funny because he'll bring this stuff up and laugh about it. Yeah, right. Too, right you right, know right. what I mean? Because um, he he ended up being cool with with everybody. He squashed oh, everything. Yeah, 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 everyone yeah, loves yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One thing that's cool too, I think, is. uh him being a, a native Brooklyn Brooklynite, mm-hmm. and also being a first generation son of Haitian immigrants, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and, and coming up and being a proud Haitian, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, was was really cool, you know what I mean. Doing it. So, um, yeah, he's, you know, it's crazy, man. It's, I think some of you guys know, but some of you might not know. Uh, about four or five years ago, I actually ended up talking to him on the phone. Um, he's a Nishiran Buddhist, which is the same kind of Buddhist I am. And uh, we connected on on Twitter off that. I think that's one of the reasons he kind of uh, he he trusted me like I wasn't just some fan or something. And, right. and we ended up talking about um, I was going through a, a period where I kind of didn't look up to my elders in uh, um, or or some of my elders were kind of letting me down, you know. And, and he told me like it's time for you to be the elder mm-hmm. and whatnot. And I, we actually had plans uh, eventually to to do a we podcast. To bring him out here. Yeah, bring him out here and I may remember. interview E Forty or Too Short. I even had plans to. Um, have him be a host at Harrow Day, it never came to fruition. It was, it was something that, um, I think that was more tangible than than the actual doing a live podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but he passed away, um, you know, about a year ago, and it never it never came to light. But I, I talked to him, and, and I could definitely say he was a friend, and he cared, and he was a good a good dude, man. He, I think he got, you know, also being a father, he got to a, a part of his life where he really was trying to teach as much as he could. And that was dope, man. Yeah. And so I think he uh, influences all uh, on this podcast. He influenced many people, and we just want to salute that man and celebrate his life. You know what I mean? So one day late, but happy birthday, Reggio Say, aka Combat Jack. Well, that's really dope. Dope story, man. Rest in power, Combat Jack. Um, I think now is a good chance to move on and um, talk about situations back here in the Bay. Um, Apparently, situations, man. we all know. Fourth, we were talking about Fourth of July earlier. Actually, that's that's definitely a memory I have of Fourth of July. And most major holidays is being pretty hectic in the Bay. And um, apparently, there was a really violent um, weekend in Oakland. And uh, Sean, you want to tell us more about that? Uh, yeah, there was uh, many shootings in Oakland over the weekend. Uh, first Friday, right after Fourth of July. Um, and there was a tweet, you know, there was, there was, uh, it definitely was uh, active on social media about uh, there was uh, 12 people were shot. I think it was four different shootings, but um, right. it wasn't really talk, talking about the media. And, and there was a tweet that really summarized it all um, by someone, I don't know who they are, but uh, their Twitter handle is Blake Don't Crack. And 
the tweet was 12 people were shot in Oakland this weekend, but you won't really see it on on the news because the city is trying to make Oakland seem safe for new gentrifiers. And that, that's a you know a common theme, man. They want to make these places, these high priced uh, destination spots, seem beautiful, and you know they're great for if, if you got money. But uh, it's a city, man. It's city life, and there's real city problems. You know. Did you pee what Equipto said on top of that though? Uh, I'm not sure. What did he say? He just basically kind of was like, "Yeah, Frisco been going through that." For a while, oh yeah, he said, "Here we go, right here." They did do this to to Frisco too. A lot of these shootings in the community come from pigs inciting beefs, placing blame and fake snitch jackets on folks, which kind of hit home because I I've witnessed that firsthand with how the police do that, how SFPD do that shit. Yeah, the SFPD has had a, a a history of inciting turf wars. Yeah. This um this conversation reminds me of uh, Chicago. You know, I got family out there, and um, when when Chicago was really, I mean, it all it's been going through it for a long time. But I believe there was a weekend, and this is when Obama was visiting Chicago while he was still the president. I think it was Martin Luther King weekend. I think it might have been. I yeah, think I, you're think right. I know exactly what you're talking about. I believe they had like you know seventy two mm-hmm. shootings yeah. in one weekend. Yeah. Um. And it just like totally gets glossed over. Um, and then speaking of what you were saying about Equipto's tweet, um, I was out there in Chicago <clears> with uh, Fred Hampton Jr. on the south side, and I was just talking to him, building with him. And he was saying how um, t- there were cops that would just straight up dress up like rival gang members and do drive-bys. Yeah. And like just randomly start up start up the beefs and, and stuff like that, and I think that connected with the media um, coverage, like you're talking about, or lack of, lack of, or lack of, is it's all a com- combined effort to clear people out and, mm-hmm. and make room for newcomers, man. And let's call it what it is: is genocide, straight up. Back. Yeah, I mean, I, I really hate like the coverage of violence in in these Bay Area news outlets. Uh, a lot of times, like I, I meant, like we kind of mentioned, it's not even a new, it's not even newsworthy to them. A lot of the times, nah, um, it's like then, a burden to them, like, as if it's a burden to just report on it, yeah. or like it's the whole, it's it's just like a whole problem. Like, oh, we got to deal with this. No, I think yeah, it's, it's a blackout. Just on a topic. Well, like, there's that too, but I'm saying when they actually do cover it. Oh, when yeah, they, yeah, they're yeah, like, oh, we gotta talk about yeah, this now. Yeah, it's really uh, routine. Sorry. It's like a 24 year old man was shot in the baby. He was right. taken to the hospital. And of course, they're gonna use oh, a 17 year old man. They'll say some right. shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. A 14 year old man. <laughs> and they'll use the most terrible picture of the person. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Non-flattering yeah. pictures. I mean, uh, dehumanize the people. The violence like that is a, is a terrible symptom of any inner city community, and uh, it's definitely you know been a problem that Oakland has had to deal with, and uh, it, it's 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 made even worse by a lot of people seeing Oakland as like the new hot destination. Um, a lot of people who have already grown tired of San Francisco are like, oh, it's kind of cheaper over here. Right. That's been happening for the last few years. I'm glad you said that, bro. Pete, it was a list that yeah, the most expensive out. cities in, in the world, mm-hmm. Frisco, of course, being one, mm-hmm. but Oakland was five, yeah, bro. Number That's five. Awful. Yeah. That's awful. That's definitely in the something. world. And, it, and it, I think, I'm not sure if it was that list or another list that Cal recently said that uh, the Bay Area is the 20th biggest. Uh, economy in the world Like yeah, I already knew yeah, yeah. California was like The fifth or sixth yeah, Biggest yeah. economy But that's like Silicon Valley And Hollywood right, But dude yeah. Just the Bay alone Is the 20th Biggest economy in the world We got 
over 10,000 homeless people out here. We got all these people getting shot, and you know what I mean? Then you got Salesforce being like, oh, we donated a million dollars to this, but then they're making software for you know, ICE and all that shit. Yeah. Oh, man. You know what I mean? So it's like, y'all yeah. need to help out, man. You yeah. be Again, be part of the community. I didn't even know they was making software for ICE. Yeah, they just they donated a million dollars to immigrants and to the kids getting separated. But on the flip side, that was smoke and mirrors, because on the flip side, they make hella... Uh, uh, I don't know, like data uh, analytics software, yeah. whatever it is wow. for uh, ICE and, and other uh, immigration. The, the ill part about um, like this tech tech companies, we do a lot of complaining about tech workers and, and the money that tech companies are bringing in. And, uh, you know, honestly, a lot of that is like, is it's justified, man. Like if you look at the percentage of the people that they hire, it's all women and people of color are always really low. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing is just kind of like on the whole Salesforce tip, a lot of these technologies being developed in our backyard are contributing to a lot of social problems, man. Like Super. They draw no hard lines. Right. And on top of that, I'm saying that a lot of these companies, the vast majority do nothing for the local community. They do nothing. Or for like local. you said, they just throw some money at it and sign big checks. But even that, really but I'm saying to drop in the bucket to, to, to a lot of these people. But I'm saying you know? a lot of these yeah. co- but a lot but I'm saying next time one of these big companies drop some money on some local shit, we'll talk about it. And I guarantee that will not be anytime soon. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. I mean you said Salesforce alone. I worked at Willie Brown Middle School and uh Salesforce pretty much built that rebuilt that, Is whole that right? school. Yeah. Which is also really interesting because it's in Bayview Hunters Point, and um, you know, it was almost like a self sabotage type of school. It got off to a really bad start, and but you already saw different families kind of slowly trying to mix in, and they tried to integrate like a lot of the children of people who newly arrived here and who yeah. even work in tech, yeah. and they teach like try to teach tech. Yeah, type they got of the stuff STEM there. program and shit. Exactly, but the theory is is it's actually a nice new shiny school for people who will soon be living there and kind of replacing the population. And that's the whole thing is that even Named that their leader. I mean, you have, <laughs> hey, when people are buying houses and they got kids or about to have kids, what they say? Oh, we moved here because that is good schools. Yeah. Yeah. So come on now. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of uh, Willie Brown Middle School, <laughs> um, my friend D.O., uh, oh, man. Uh, he was alerted of a pretty interesting news story that's just breaking today. Homie Willie, man, you know. That dude, he uh he never ceases to amaze the public with his um his snakiness. His antics. You know. I mean I, I hate talking bad about about brothers, man, but this downtown dude Downtown Willie Brown. Downtown Willie Brown, man. This Slip dude Willie. He uh Joe Donahue. Uh he's a developer or a retired developer from the city. Uh he's suing Willie Brown over breed campaign money. That's the headline. On forty eight hills dot org. Um Basically, O'Donohue he gave um, he reached out to Willie Brown, and he was like, "Yo, I want to I want to um, invest," and they use the word "invest," invest in in London Breed's campaign. I know I can't give it to her directly. Can you? Can you direct? All this is in the article, bro. And uh, he was like, um, "Can you? Can you direct me to an independent?" Uh, IE they call it. I forget what the E stands for, but it's independent something. Independent entity. Something like that, right? And he was like, yeah, uh, no problem, no problem. And um, 
he wrote the check and it turned out that it was for a nonprofit <laughs> organization that Willie Brown was like on the board of. And they one of the one of the um headquarters is in the baby, right? On uh, third. Willie Brown straight right. up did that. Hey, but yeah, no problem, baby. I'll make sure she gets it. Off yeah, you can, you can leave that with me. I'll Off just take top. it right here and uh Dude, he, was doing his, he was doing his Clay Davis. And then but then it's it's so it's so <laughs> sick. Clay Davis. She Clay Davis. Partner. Hey man, hey, hey string, string, bro. Just hey, stay right here. It'll be all good. The money, the fossils turn out over here. Now you say that, bro. I think they they base that character off of him, bro. Oh, there's oh, a lot man. of people. I mean, Baltimore too. Baltimore is the type of city where you, you, it's hard to get elected to public office if you're not black. Huh. Uh, but for those that don't know, Willie Brown is the first. He was the first black mayor. mayor. Yeah, yeah. San for those Francisco. who don't know, Willie Brown's the first black mayor. He was mayor for like what twelve years or some shit like that. Nothing crazy. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and he got a pie through in his face once, which oh, was man. funny. Came to my elementary school and he led us in the pledge of allegiance. He came to my elementary school once too. That's my amazing. grandfather was actually good friends with him. Oh, you mentioned that before. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he, yeah my grandfather. He's an interesting character too, but. Um, I, I know saw, he ain't um, shady like Willie though. But anyway, I saw Willie uh, Brown in line at the Metreon, like when it first opened, with like a tall ass blonde white chick. You know, what I'm saying diamond studded out. Like, that was his campaign she was manager. Than him, nah, that was just no? like nah. He uh. was like taking some broad <laughs> to the moon. It could have been no problem. <laughs> I don't know. But nah, but 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 peep though. So he wrote the check, and then and Donahue found out where it it went. And it was like, yo, I thought this was going directly to this. But then what, what his explanation was, was that this nonprofit is in involved with the campaign. That's basically like if... Like, no, I gave it to her. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, exactly. That's like if if he wrote the check and gave it to Project Level. Like, would they involve with him? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so... Um, and that's what ended up happening. And he's suing him for that loot. And then um, he actually... His lawyer... Is from the Johnny Cochran office, oh, man. and and they wrote a, a reply to that that uh, a lawsuit saying that you knew what it was, you saw the receipt. The receipt said the hey, baby. I told you. I th- exactly, hey, look, man. I told exactly. you I'd take the check. I didn't say where I would cash it. You know, I mean, yeah. I, it's gonna go to her in some way because it's through me. But he went through me, baby. I mean, I right. don't know what to You're tell you. Play the game, man. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I guess I guess O'Donoghue was kind of hot about that, obviously. But this dude is a you know a multi millionaire, maybe even a billionaire. Donahue is. Don't yeah, yeah, he's for the, sure, for sure. A, who's he's the, a retired developer. Like he was uh-huh. one of the biggest developers in that in that uh-huh. tenure. Like you know the eighties, nineties, and shit. Um, he was pre Lenar. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, but reading comments on that article, people was 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 bashing him. Like that's one shady dude that yeah. played another shady dude. You know exactly. what I'm saying? So you know, it's really no sympathy, but it just it just it's a testament to what his legacy should be. <laughs> It's a I lot mean, of questionable pol- political moves. Right. I mean, I mean, I ain't gonna feel bad when a car salesman sells another car salesman a bad car. Exactly. You know I mean? so a I clunker, <laughs> a lemon. You know what I mean? For those that don't know, though, I mean, it's interesting to hear about a, a lawsuit um, because Willie Brown was a pretty high-powered defense attorney. Off top, he went to uh, UC Hastings, Hastings yeah, which Hastings. is a law con- a law school that has a lot of uh, connections, career connections, alumni connections. Yeah to San Francisco public office. Mm-hmm. Another fun, interesting fact is that Willie Brown was Fillmore Slim's lawyer and got him acquitted of uh, some human trafficking charges back in the day. Pandering? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Soliciting. 
Fillmore Slim once had a hundred hoes. Just wanted to add that. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> but yeah, Willie Brown, man, Shady Dude, still ticking. Um, it's never going to stop. It's never going to stop. Uh, we brought this up on the last podcast, but I do want to say that, uh, you know, um, London Brad Breed, the mayor-elect, still not issued any statement about the permit patty stuff. Nah. Um, surprise, surprise. Or any other kind of statement, actually. Seems like it's been really quiet. I haven't seen her in the news lately, but maybe that's what happens when you win. Well, you know, the the, the inauguration is Wednesday. Hasn't been sworn. Okay, so it's just happening. Yeah, the, the mayor-elect. The mayor-elect. Yeah, so... You think maybe that's why she didn't want to speak on Primit Patty? Rock the boat? No. Nah, because I think she would have had a lot of support with that. Yeah, I think she could have put together a pretty, um, you know, neutral statement on what it. I don't get. Still speaking some realness. One San Francisco? What's that? One unified San Francisco. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like one San Francisco. What I don't understand, though, about, about um, black politicians... I don't get how they feel like they need to tiptoe around issues that directly affect their own community. You know what I'm saying? Because I think she could have made a, a real powerful statement that, you know, that she was once an eight-year-old girl. And, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, It's all about who the real voter base is. And, uh, yeah. um, <laughs> you don't want to make them uncomfortable Man. about race now. It goes back you know to her saying? investors. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the it end goes of the day, back to old look, who, look who's trying to invest in her. <laughs> yeah. black, black people in San Francisco can only be so many of her votes. We're like 3% of the population, so... It's probably a half of a percent. Yeah, it doesn't probably even count for that much. Because niggas don't vote in It probably ball. counts for more social <laughs> more social support, you know what I'm saying? And Yeah. You know. Yeah. But, but yo, man, speaking of London Breed and uh, people from Filmo... Um, yeah, it, a, a Bay Area producer, San Francisco legendary producer, um, just dropped the album with one of the hottest al- artists in the game, uh, Future Beast Mode Fuge. 2. How's it sounding so far, Sean? You talking about Zaytoven? Yeah. Did I say his name? No. Whoops. Well, say I don't talk na- about Zaytoven. Say his name, Say his name. Say we his don't name. talk about Zaytoven. <laughs> hey, people don't know. I talk about this on Twitter. Other people that we know talk about on Twitter, Zaytoven's actually from Filmo. Mm-hmm. Right, right. He went the gal. You know what I mean? He he uh been in Atlanta for like what fifteen years now, but you know longer than that, huh? Probably nah, longer. About fit- yeah. Well, actually, cause he yeah. did so icy with Gucci, right? Yeah, that was that kinda was, like the first mm-hmm. Yeah. That was about fifteen years ago. Yeah. So JT what, the yeah. bigger figure bought him his first studio equipment. Well there you go. Yeah. Man, uh just a quick side note before we really get into that, but like it's crazy the the musical legacy that the Mo has, man. Oh yeah. Fil- what, yeah. Harlem of the West. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but but it's even, in, even in hip hop, like from jazz to hip hop, it's like really crazy how many producers, DJs, and rappers yeah. have, have come out of that neighborhood, man. Yeah, man. Um, so, how's the new album sound? I mean, it's a future album. If you I, like future, you'll like that album. I like it. And I like, uh, I think Zaytoven tried kind of a different direction in terms of production, and I enjoy it. It's It's, it's more of a mellow. Mm. More mellower kind of sound. It sounds kind of like uh, I don't know. Just it's, it sounds good at night. Let's put it that way. So my favorite music sounds good at night. Yeah, it has a different a certain vibe, in it, and I feel like that was kind of the vibe. Um, it's kind of like a relaxed sound, and, and I really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Not to nitpick, but I'm a nitpick. Um, his drums are definitely the same. It's, you're getting that classic Zaytoven drums. Makes sense. 
You know what I'm saying? No, it, it's Zay when you hear it. You yeah, know it's, it's him. Yeah, and you know it's him. But the mellowness, I, I didn't think about that till you said it. It is, the music is a lot more mellower. It's not, um, it's not a lot of uh, choppy melodies or nothing like that. A lot of his music is kind of um, like triumphant and shiny yeah, sounding. And it's yeah, not really yeah, like that. You yeah, know yeah, yeah. For um, sure, for is, sure. is future getting played out yet? Um, um, he, he made the comment about like a lot of people running with his style, and that's definitely true. Oh yeah. Um. So I mean, and that can definitely help you get played out. Um. But has he has he peaked yet, or has he still got some some bangers in him, some hits? I I say he's peaked and he's on the mm. descent, but yeah. I think this project was a good project and it, it kind of uh, bought him some more time. I think he to, to, to prove us to prove me wrong, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't wish him to be on a descent, but people only have so much to run. I feel like his his crescendo is really when he did the project with Drake. Mm. Sorry to bring up that guy again, but mm. we have to talk about that. But um, that was kind of nah, like the height, you know what I mean? Jump man and all that stuff. That, that was point, yeah. the height of Metro booming as well. Mm. But I think um, that was hopefully um, Metro keeps going, but Metro's kind of laying low right now. It seems like, um, which is a good look, I think. Uh, but this project is dope, man. He might and, come back, reemerge with. We'll see. Sound. We'll see the album. I think the albums are gonna tell because his last couple albums were kind of disappointing. I, I think a lot of people. Hendrix feature. Hendrix. And, oh, okay. Um, yeah. He put out the two albums like in two I like, weeks. I really liked the future album. I didn't like the Hendrix. So there's a future album and a Hendrix. They both yeah. came out within two weeks. It might as well have been a double album. One's yeah, more of a poppy album. One's more of a street album. Yeah. I think a lot of people overall were disappointed. Like there was good stuff about them, but I think you know it wasn't. Quiet. What people were waiting on I, I or think, anticipating? Uh, I think. I think it's just uh, he's suffering from a little bit of oversaturation. I thought he had some some cool joints on like the Young Thug, the Young Thug album too that he did with him. But uh, yeah. I, I, it's I it's only so one. many directions he can go with his style, and he's not really ex- reaching out and trying anything really different. I think it's, totally it's the engineers he's working with too, though. Honestly, because really? I think so. I would I would feel like the engineer would br- would kind of help him stretch like what he's in, trying like to do. Recording in the yeah, lab yeah, yeah. Because like sure. if you look at yeah. what Travis Scott does, he got Ma- he has Mike Dean. To oh, kind of yeah. take his idea and really spread it out as much as possible. That's I wish point. we had Mike Dean. <laughs> Actually, maybe not because I'm I'm still not sure if Mike Dean's a MAGA or oh, not. Shit. But we talk about it another time. Yeah. But um, <laughs> no, I agree with you. And, and um, we know one he thing can't be though. No, really there was I didn't follow him on Instagram because he had a questionable post. But okay, yeah, we we'll talk um, about it was that very later. questionable. We talk about it another <laughs> time. But um, one thing I think also that people kind of. I agree with everything you guys are saying. Yeah, I think Future is super one-dimensional. He's really good at what he does, but mm-hmm. he is very one-dimensional. I think one thing people overlook was uh, he just contributed like 75 to 8% of the Superfly soundtrack, which oh, had yeah, a bunch yeah, of original yeah, yeah. songs. They were yeah. actually pretty yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. There was a Sleepy Brown song in there, too. Mm-hmm. There was a what? Fr- yeah. There was a- noise. Organized noise. You know, and, and we must... You know, mention and talk about how future. Um, Dungeon family. Yeah, he comes from the Dungeon. He actually he's part of the Dungeon family. Outcast, Goody Mob, and all that shit. That's um, so dope. His his uncle is uh is what Rico, Rico Wade. Yeah. So That's so dope to me. It's incredible. So I mean, his uh the lineage is, is is powerful. Dude is is a big talent. But um and this this project is good and and the stuff on on the Superfly soundtrack is good. But I think it remains the the real deciding factor. Of the next step of his career will be like this album, which I think is gonna come out a month or two it's, 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 I'm sure That's it's soon, huh? done yeah I think his whole thing too is, and I had a feeling he was going to release a project was he said 
you know, like three days before, he, he tweeted, uh, should I release a mixtape? Yeah. He can just drop. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, he's like, too. maybe I should release a mixtape to tie people over until my album comes out, which a lot of people, they'll release the mixtape and that's more the street music and the album come out and that'll be more the pop music. Yeah. So the mixtape's for free for the streets, you know what I mean? Stay really? relevant and connect with the streets and then, you know, you, you make your money off the album and do the pop thing. I think, I think that might contribute to the oversaturation though, a little bit. I don't think he needs to do that anymore, but, um, to, to go I back think to, I to, disagree. I think you do yeah. need to do that. I think all artists need to do it now. I don't know, man. Not, not all artists, but artists like, uh, especially someone him that makes street music, they need to do that. I mean, now, that's cool. That's now, cool. Like, even if you're not delivering, you're still, like feeding feeding people what they want. Yeah, hear, like, and this mixtape is pretty fucking good for like what it is. And it wasn't too long. It's like nine tracks. Yeah, but. If the music ain't good, it don't matter what you put out. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I, part of me does agree with you, Jakes, but I just feel like that's the model now. And I think, um, you know, in the late 2000s, which was really the mixtape era, yeah. you saw artists, Deep um, you know what I mean, like Gucci, and then you saw artists like even Wiz Khalifa when he was young and actually made good music. He would put out a mixtape for free, and that was the more yeah, yeah. The edgy and streets and stuff. That's that's more Wiz, the, album. the album would be more, it really was, in the credibility yeah. of the streets and the real fans, and then the album would be more for the label and for the, for the radio. That's when people really started understanding how much content could be yeah. available because of the internet and um, just cutting out that middleman of the production, the distribution and the, the physical production. But to, to bring it back, though, to Future and the Dungeon Family and the ATL and, and Zaytoven, I think it's crazy how, like, it seems like Atlanta is still, like, booming. It sounds oh, like yeah. there's still oh, yeah. so much. I mean, they... Bro, there's no let up. I feel like they've had the longest run out of any uh, coast or any region recently, like, the longest run on top. Oh, they've had the run since... Since the early 2000s. Even before that. I mean, straight mm. up, like, the dominant... I think it's, it started to me. It started like ninety eight, ninety nine with Outcast. When Equipment I came out, I really like solidified. Nah, I was Cast right in the heat of the time. No, of but cash then, money here at all. You know no, it was. Yeah. But I'm saying, but then it was Lil John. Then it was Lil, it, see, Lil Gucci. John was two thousand, two thousand. Yeah. No, I know, but I'm saying that's when it started. Yeah. So I'm saying that was the start of it, and it really got serious in the early two thousands. I agree, but I chased it back to like Equipment I. Well, I think, and and um, Dungeon Family and that was big yeah, deal, dude. I, that's that when Outkast was, was like the Miss Jackson era. And all before that, that. Yeah, 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 and then Stay Gone Your two thousand one. Yeah. Coming out ninety eight, I think. Yeah. So, um, but so that was the roots of it. That was the roots. But of that it. all be, that was because it, they created a culture out there. They knew that okay, when these artists come out, they insert them, insert them into the culture that we've built, and then the music is gonna stand. If it's good music, it's gonna stand. I think Atlanta also has that good infrastructure, though. Yeah, that's exactly a, what I'm talking a, about. A, a, a black city that's way more economically diverse than a lot of other areas. You have people that are in tune with the culture and a lot of different walks of life and right. a lot of different industries that artists depend on, whether it's the control of the radio or the clubs or all the, you know, stores. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Whereas you don't quite have that in other places. But we talk a lot about, like, artists going from... San Francisco to other regions to to having to make it. And it's really interesting because it seems like Zaytoven is might be the best example of that because he's so he's so tapped in with Atlanta that most people don't even know he's from over here. You know what I mean? Yeah, like like majority, vast majority of people don't realize. I have no clue. They have I think, no clue. I think yeah, I think people honestly think he's a straight up ATL dude. But a lot of those producers are not from Atlanta. 
Yeah. Like a lot of the producers, like like the big producers are not really from, like I, I'd say like a third of them are, are from mm. other places and then come to Atlanta and then make it. He, well, actually, you know what's crazy? He's even too short. Um, went out there early, and he was he was a big part of helping shit pop off when he when Fact. he decided to move down there in the nineties. Eric Fact. Sermon moved to the Atlanta. Sir, that was right. fucking that's big, what I was dude. Too. Yep. JT the bigger figure yeah. moved down there. Hey, Phil Molina. <laughs> but um, why why do y'all why do y'all think that is like for someone like Zay and? Well, I think with Zaytoven, um, Zaytoven got in early with the Gucci man. Well, did he just go out there for family though? No, yeah, his, you know he, he's a he's an army brat, bro. Okay, okay. He's okay, an army brat, okay. so his pops moved out there, and he befriended Gucci Mane. That's all that was. That's it was tough. early Gucci Mane too. You yeah, feel yeah, me? Yeah. So wow. we gonna rock. I'm about to do so icy. You about to blow up off this shit, and I'm about to be Zayto. <laughs> That's crazy. Me? That's basically how that shit happened. It was. He was. He was. You know. He was the musician out there, and he he's a, he has a great musical background too. He's. An actual pianist. He's like a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's That's like a. Um, he's like a. Uh, Cab choice kind of. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. he grew you up. Know? You know. Also, it's a testament to, you know, musicians. So many musicians, in the tradition of, of black musicians coming out of the black church. Right. Is that you know what it is too? Yeah, I mean, think about, but how many? I mean, so many musicians come out. Of, you know, they grew up playing music or singing, in the black church singing or singing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Raphael yeah. Sadiq. Um, it's tons of people, you know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, when you see Zaytoven like videos of him cooking in the lab, like he's really, he really goes in. And that's how he's, he's able really to kind of, um, he's kind of, he's, it's, it's easy for him because for one, he created that, yeah, yeah. that, that system of producing. And you don't got to pay no, you don't got to pay any right. publishing so, or sample. So he knows, or... he knows that he can just do the drum, the drum style, the drum pattern styles that he kind of helped create. He knows the heavy 808, the claps, the highs. I've watched him yeah. do this shit, right? And then he'll just be musical on top of that. That's what kind of sets him apart is that he's a little bit more musical than a lot of these other trap producers. It's a lot more scale pro- progressions and chord cor- progressions going on in his music because he understands that shit. Well, so one thing I'm kind of curious about, though, is like um, we've talked about this before. I feel like me and Sean, like, mm-hmm. well, I, I kind of wish he would come back to Frisco and grab a couple people. Bro. I know he's done production for a couple. Like, you, some, He produced that, you know, Lil Yee's breakout song. Uh, he's produced a couple other random casts. Let me but... tell you, bro, he has. Oh, okay. he has. Okay. And he's given a lot of beat. Like, there's a lot of people that he's grown up, like, like Young No and a lot of people that we're friends with. For Young No. And he's like, like, I remember, like, because he used to come to, like, I used to do a party at 330 Rich called Block Party yeah. five, six, seven years ago. And he would come. Every time he was in town, he would come out. You know, my friends that were, you know, I mean, some of the people that were part of the party were, were from the Mo, and then he would come out because they were, like, people he grew up with, and he would get a table every time, hang, hang out. Dope. There was a time, like, Currency was in town, they hung out together, you know what I mean? And he gave, dude, like, a lot of beats Bro. and features. He gave people, like, Gucci Man verses, like, mm. oh, people, okay, okay, and, okay, and, yeah, and, yeah, and some yeah, people yeah. did stuff with him, and some people didn't do stuff with yeah. him. The time that I watched him, and some people still got stuff. making a beat for 
somebody who he went to school. Yeah. He he overextends himself for people he went to high school yeah, with man, that man. he doesn't need to. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I, I will say like I wish he repped it more a little bit. The city, that's what it is. But but that's at the same it time, it's like he's been gone he's for so long. His part though. So I think like, he's done as much as he can. With short of just being like I'm from the city, I'm from the city. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? He's been in Atlanta so long, and he, he helped create that whole scene. Home, so really, yeah. I I get it. You know what I mean? Like you didn't see Gangstar repping Boston and Houston. Even though they weren't from Brooklyn, every now and then throwing no Texas now, hat. but back then right, right. they were talking about Brooklyn, Brooklyn, group. the planet, yeah, all that. Yeah. So if that was the community they're part of. That's the community he's part of. Yeah. I, don't get me wrong, I, I love to see him throwing a Giants hat or, or say something Frisco and this and that, but or the Mo. But he's helped a lot of people, I think, and I think I a lot think of people he's done enough. And, and no, he has, and <laughs> I think a lot of people. But I think some people are, are sitting on some stuff that still is going to come out, yeah. and he still is working with people. So. The story's not over. He answers the call whenever, yeah, whenever yeah. he's in town. He's yeah, with yeah. people from Frisco. He's, he's not, like, he's not and, in a hotel actually, room put up somewhere. He's like with people who who he had childhood ties with. You know what I'm saying? And actually a year or two ago, some of those same friends were trying to liaison me doing helping produce a, 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 a piano concerto with Zaytoven mm. at the symphony or at Jazz SF. And That's hard. people I know that were in higher places that access those venues, like, didn't really... They didn't get it? They didn't get Damn. it. I would definitely, and that can still uh, happen. Buy a ticket to see that. Exactly, that can still happen. Bro, Maybe it's something that we should try to get I'll do pay it again. <laughs> we can totally do it. You know what I mean? And and I think he's. I know for a fact. Like, I didn't talk to Zay directly, but he's hella down. Like he's yeah. super down. Like he's like that dude is a piano player. Like he'll come play piano, whatever, and tell stories about the songs and all yeah. that. So. Maybe you know to our listeners, you know, stay tuned. That might happen in the future. I really hope it does. Good shit. Speaking into existence. Salute to to Zaytoven, man. Yeah, we love you, man. Um, Frisco. Yeah. We're going to do our regular uh, new music picks of the week. But before we we get into that, I kind of wanted to, uh, you know, I want want this to be the type of podcast where people tune in and really get put on. So I want to, I want each of us to kind of mention an artist that you guys kind of want to spotlight. Whether it's someone you've just been listening to, or someone new that's that's just breaking out, or uh, you know, um, just somebody that you think people should should check out, uh, does that sound good to y'all? Yeah, it does. It's the hardest thing, though. <laughs> I think it's a good idea. Okay, well, shit, I, I'll go first, man. See, I'm really a fan of like really <laughs> digging into new music, man. Yeah, man. Uh, you got to. You have to. You really to have keep to. it's part of like living life and evolving is finding new music. It could be old new music, new music to you. Yeah. And there's definitely something that's more stimulating about going to find it rather than like you know turning on the radio or turning on the TV or turning on Instagram. No offense to, to any of that, but um, there's this kid. Oh, I won't call him a kid, but there's a there's a rapper from uh, Fontana, California, Damn. and he goes by Chris King. Um, and this dude is like um, lyrical. He's like a lyrical trapper, and that's the type of shit I like. Like he's on a lot of trap type tempos and trap type beats and a lot of melodies, but he's also just gassing. And he got a really ill flow that reminds me of like some early Lil Wayne. Um, and he's got a project that I've been bumping pretty consistently called uh, I think it's called Leonardo DiTrapio, <laughs> and it's featuring. He's got Mozzie on there. Uh, he's got Trippy Red. Um, he's got a couple dope singers on there, and that's someone. If I think if y'all just go on that on Spotify or whatever, check out that album, Chris King. Leonardo How do you spell DiTrapio. his name? 
Right. Chris right. King. Just like just C H R I S. Correct. Okay. Correct. Yep. When you first said I was like, is it K R I S? No, no, yeah. Oh, thanks for clarifying that. Because I want to look it up now. Yeah, man. I think you like it, bro. I think he's got some fucking flame on there. Uh, and also Fontana is like the Inland Empire, Riverside area, yeah. Southern Cali. So that's kind of I dope. did some work with somebody from uh, there's, there's some good IE. artists in there yep. that get overlooked, man. Yeah. As yeah. much as LA's like- Well, the IE produced, the they produced, yeah. um, what's his name? The producer. Oh, shit. And they produced Lighter Shade of Brown, man. Nah, Whoa. what's that producer name? What's the <laughs> producer name? Um, I heard that in a minute. He did, he did um, the back. Jay-Z shit, the Jay-Z and Kanye shit. Uh, oh, that's the Yeah. What was this, this, he did Niggas in Paris. A Boy Wonder? Nah, he didn't do Niggas Hit in Paris. Hit Boys from Hit, Boy. Hit, Hit Boys oh, from That Ida. makes sense. Hit Boys yeah, put Hit Boys out a ton Ida. of projects with the Tom Kennedy the past couple years. Yeah. Hey boys from IE though. You know, you know okay. who's from IE okay. too? That's like they're actually really dope. Audio push. Exactly. Mm. Audio push. I have DJ a couple of shows that they opened up for. They opened up for like Danny Brown or whatever. They and I always check for their projects when they drop. They consistently they put out are. good music. They're good dudes. They're yeah. hella chill. And they love music, man. Yeah. And I I man, I, I wish I had the name of their latest project, but they're dope, man. Check them out. Man, I actually lived in the IE for like six months, man. So why? to uc riverside for two semesters oh, okay and then i was like nah i gotta get the fuck out of here and get back to frisco but uh it was a many time it's a really interesting place that yeah, audio um, push album is called melange check that out check out um chris king that's someone i think you definitely shouldn't sleep on but um, they also put out a project called cloud 909 this is audio they, push but they put out like a ton of shit all the time this yeah. is audio push yeah audio yeah. push they're dope uh, all right, man. What, which one of y'all got something um, that the people? Need it's kind of hard for me to narrow down one. Just like you know, we just was talking about Chris King. We ended up talking about two or three different other people. But yeah. um, I'm gonna have to go with um, I'm gonna say Young Lot because I was just working with him today, and I know he's like considered a quote unquote Frisco veteran, but he 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 never really he hasn't really broke past where I feel like his threshold is. Um, I think he's super duper hella fucking talented. Um, I agree. And I've seen him fucking shock it at your shows before. Yeah, he, he you know, he he's learned a lot. I've been working with him like closely, closely for the past few years and he's learned a whole lot. And um, no pun intended. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And I think he's hard. Uh, City P is another one. Hey, hey, whoa, what you doing? What? I know, I know. It's hard. One. Don't get carried it's away. It's type stuff, man. It's yeah. Trying to no, put it on. But no, I, I think just to to really get our listeners to really focus. And Young Lot these dudes out. and City P. Do those two. Young Lot is sick. I like the, the Flood game brand. I like yeah, that. Flood, the whole Flood thing is, is, is something he started a few years ago. Um, he's we're, we're about to drop part three. To end it with the trilogy, um, but he, he's literally he re- literally recorded about like over thirty songs for this last project, and we we were gonna do I think we still are gonna do Flood Three and Flood Three Point Five because that's how many songs we got for, it. and then gonna drop a whole nother project that's breaking off from the Flood thing. But he got hella music, bro, like hella hella music. Yeah, it's hard work, man. I yeah. like, I like, I like how you really uh, puts on for HP. Yeah, and I like that. Like, I go random places and I see, you know, people from the city wearing his shirts and stuff, mm-hmm. man. I always support any any artist that's really grinding and pushing their talent out of Frisco like that. Yeah, I feel like um, 
he got his second win, and the city needs to be behind him. Honestly, the city really needs to get behind him. He got he got club records. He got. I mean, I hate to say radio records because I don't even think about the radio no more. But he has radio records, bro. Like certified radio bangers, bro. And it's I don't even know where to begin with trying to get him off the ground in the Bay Area no more because Dio listens you know, to a lot of local artists. So if he supports somebody, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's got good reason to, you know. Expert levels. Who who you fucking with right now, Sean? Man, like someone I was gonna, uh, <clears throat> someone I was gonna talk about in just uh, our weekly picks, but uh, and something I'm gonna do when I really feel strongly about an artist or um, or a project is I'm gonna challenge listeners and I'm gonna challenge my co-host, man, to listen to this artist. And the artist I'm talking about is Diamond Dozen. Crown Heights, Brooklyn, New York. Uh, okay. Artist I've been uh, following for a couple of years. Um, he had a, a project that was slated to come out this summer called Crown Fried. And uh, he actually made a documentary about it, um, which I haven't actually watched yet. But um, I follow him online. I've been a fan in a, in a lot of ways. Um, this guy is kind of the, the total package. Um, he's real lyrical. How do you spell that? Is it it's, all one it's spelled D Y M E hyphen A hyphen D U Z I N. I'm really glad I asked you that. Diamond doesn't. <laughs> no, I was gonna. I was definitely gonna say that toward the end. But uh, I challenge everyone to check out uh, any of his projects. Everyone I've heard of him is fire. But this new project, Crown Fried, is really interesting. I, I think a lot of people in the Bay can relate to it because he talks about. Um, gentrification um and he, i like how he talks about it because he doesn't hit you over the head with it he's not preachy he just talks about a brooklyn experience and the crown fried project is a concept album mm, uh, being from so. crown heights eating got fast food fried chicken spots the city changing for through gentrification him becoming um from a, a boy to a man kind of um and uh he's kind of the total package man dude is real lyrical um, real melodic. He has excellent, excellent beat selection um, on all his projects. I'm not sure who he produces. I mean, who produces him? Um, if he works with a bunch of producers, not that much info online. But his music is, is really interesting, and, and I would challenge everyone to go out there and listen to any of his projects, but specifically "Crown Fried" by Dime a Dozen. D Y M E hyphen A hyphen D U Z I N. I love it. Check that out. I, I definitely that will. shit is tight, I man. Like it, it it, up on Spotify these right dudes now. know. Like I listen to tons of music. People that know me, I listen to tons of music. I listen to stuff I probably know I ain't gonna like, and stuff I think I'm gonna like and I don't end up liking. And this was definitely one of the projects this year that was anticipated for me mm. personally. Another project would be like I really like Schoolboy Q. I really like Black. Those are projects. Hey, hey, I'm hey looking, one artist. No, no, no. I'm <laughs> saying those are projects I'm looking forward to. But this was one of the. The most anticipated projects for me was Diamond Dozen's Crown Fire project because his last couple of projects were really tight. Uh, I really like the man in Brooklyn, these young youngsters in Brooklyn, whether it's on like the turn up trappy side or, you know, they still kind of keeping in a little hip hop, a little lyrical, whether it's Joey Badass or uh, Jay Critch or, uh, you know, a lot of these dudes. Um, Brooklyn, Brooklyn cast is sick right now. It's interesting to parallel. It's interesting for us. I feel like to to see them and what they're going through with the gentrification. Very similar. It's really, really. Similar. And he actually has a, a skit 
about the neighbor coming downstairs complaining about music wow. and the interaction with you know what I mean and that I think that everyone would, would enjoy cool. and, and, and uh, is very interesting and, and even funny you know what I mean and uh, one thing too I want to say is um, he was he's not part of Pro Era and his music didn't sound like Pro Era Joey Badass's crew but he was obviously friends with them and he has a feature on his album from Capital C's. Nice. God bless the dead, who passed peace. away in 2012, part of Pro Era. You know, he has a 2012. I know, right? Uh, I, I tripped on that last night, and he doesn't have many features. I think there's another person that he's uh, in his crew, Broadway Joe. He's on the album, but it's mostly just him and his beats. And there's a little bit of something for everyone. I feel like whether you're hella trapped out, you hella turfed out. You're hella classic hip hop. You're hella sample based. Like you, everyone could could appreciate this. This right. kid is kind of in the middle of a lot of things, and is, is interesting. Well, shit, man, y'all y'all heard it. Go check it out. But we got more um, more info for y'all. I think that's a good segue into just a new song, a new album uh, this week. It's crazy with the internet, man. Things is just dropping all the goddamn time. Every Thursday <laughs> night at midnight, uh, nine p.m. I be something. Um, I'd be looking and hopefully on a Sunday there might be a couple other things that just come out. Right. Yeah, but which ones are going to stay in the rotation for the next week? That's the real challenge. And I'll start it off with something that has still been in my rotation. I think it's a little over a week old. But um, it's a single by The Alchemist featuring Rock Marciano called In Case You Forgot. God damn, this shit is sick. It's only like seven minutes long, but it's like it's some shit you can play on your whole drive from point A to point B over and over again. Um, you know, Rock Marciano is one of my favorite artists to emerge in the last few years. He's known for rapping over real minimalist type of production, a lot of which he does himself. It's like raw sample loops with no drums, no drums added, which is dope, but... You it's know, a song called In Case You Forgot. It's a song called In Case You Forgot. It's I actually just a single. They, they're putting it out. It's on Bandcamp. You oh, can't okay. find it on Spotify because yeah. I think Alchemist released it as a 45-inch vinyl single with the instrumental. Um, <laughs> hey, just don't give a fuck. Man, but you know, that's that's um, the type. That's when you really make an art. Right. You can just throw yeah. something out like that. And um, so I think, so Rock Marciano's been doing a lot of this minimalist production, which is dope. But I've been wanting him to do more stuff with Alchemist um, because Alchemist, you know, he'll add a break or he'll he'll chop up some drums. And he's, I think, I, I'm a real big believer in giving people their flowers while they can smell them. Right. And Alchemist is getting overlooked right now for what he's been doing, collaborations with so many artists where he creates albums that are like collages. No, and, and the way he chops samples and loops these songs into each other is like pretty genius. And it's sample based and it's hip hop, but it's still banging. And I just want to add something is like Alchemist has always kind of been there and we've always known he's dope. Yeah. And I've always been a fan, but I never would like personally like put him in a top grace. But it's getting to the point like he's one of the all time. Like there. he's incredible yeah, he's and he's better. challenging himself. Mm -hmm. He's making stuff that sounds different. He's he's doing themes with his beats. He's like, oh, I'm going to make hella beats from stuff from Russia. Yep. I'm going to make hella beats like stuff or like, you know, and it's smart too because he doesn't have to pay clear, clearance for it. Yep. You know what All I mean? Right. But he's making so many, he's hella diverse. Like you think about when he made the Break the Bank beat for Schoolboy Q. Yeah, yeah. And oh, how yeah, amazing yeah. Oh of a God, song that, that is. Oh my God. But then you think about like the shit he just did on West Side Guns album. Yep. It's crazy. And then like you're talking about this Rock Marciano, Marciano stuff, I haven't even heard it yet. And he'll he'll work with a mainstream artist, he'll work with underground. He yeah, doesn't care. Yeah. He just wants to make music. And, and I commend that dude. And he's really 
pressing the envelope of being one of the all-time greats, man. Like he's getting, it, it's getting to the point, and, and and mostly it's because of the he doesn't stop in the evolution. And I really appreciate that. That's another thing I like to see him still. Because a lot of it. a lot of producers just they keep making the same beat, no, he's still or they active. stop. They you know they, they don't really care, yeah. and he just keeps going. But check out this this track though, Rock Marciano. In case you forgot, Rock Marciano always gases. He said, "What did he say? Oh man." He said, hit your wife from the back out. <laughs> he said, hit your oh. wife on the couch made of leather till she tap out like a wrestler. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, D.O., what you rocking with this week, man? Um, If I got to limit it to one. Simba got a song called Options. That's hella hard. Shout out to Simba. Yeah, Simba got a song called Simba's Raw, bro. Oh, like, tight. Simba's hella tight. Hell tight. <laughs> um, yeah, his song's He's options from was tight. Berkeley. I look, dude, we're not gonna get into Richmond? that. We're not sure. From the Bay Area, though, right? He's definitely from the East Bay. Yeah. And um, yeah, he I I think he like went to high school in Antioch. And, okay. Like, yeah. Um, but that song's options, though, man. That shit. It's hella hard. It's like a trappy, melodic, because he do he do like some singing type shit. Um, that's kind of tight. He got another song called Fashion Nova that's cool, but this options joint. Is that one for the ladies? Yeah, yeah, actually it is. And Fashion Nova even posted it too. Yeah, which is big. That's smart. Yeah, and I, I that was hella smart. I like that look, but oh, the man. options song is a better song, and I, I hope that he don't sleep on that song because that song is tight as fuck. That's what's up. Shout out to Simba, man. Yeah. In the site. What's what's in your rotation this week, <clears throat> DJ Sean G? Um, one thing I want to say, I've been trying to mention for a couple weeks, we just haven't got to it. Is a friend of the show and a, a dope artist from Filmo, Troy LLF, mm-hmm. Legends Live Forever, has put out a, pri- a song, well, about damn near a month now, called Double Nickel, man. It's, yeah. it's it's really tight, man. And I like the hook, I like the beat. Um, I love the drums and and it's a good song, man. Like I played it the other night, early, you know, early in the night. But I played it. I got behind the record. I know H Hollis played it. You know what I mean? Like we shit. really like we talk about how we really like that song. That shit is tight. Still, second week I'm listening to uh, Larry June's Sledger Project. Yes, <laughs> very. Um, there's a lot of growth there in the, in the project things he's talking about. He talks about the city a lot. He has a song called Ocean Beach. He has a song called Another Day in SF. Oh, yeah, a like very interesting. Um, another thing I think kind of slipped through the cracks on a couple of people, but uh, Clyde Carson put out a two song project. I guess you call really? it a single called Summer Madness. I mean Summer Wave. And uh, one thing I, I appreciate about Clyde Carson, he's definitely one of my favorite rappers. Um, is he kind of always does the Kai Carson thing, but the beats will sound different. The accompaniment mm. will sound different, and, and it might be like the same tempo. Um, he's done a lot of stuff with Show Enough. He put out that one project with Show Enough where it sounded kind of like 80s electro. Then he put out stuff with Show Enough that was more like contemporary. But um, I don't know who produced this, this these couple songs, but it's, it's a different sound, and I, I'm, I'm hell of enjoying it. It's crazy um, to see how far he's, he's gone since the team. Dude, hey, and it. and I think one of the things that uh, that I've heard that affords him to do that is he made a ton of money off Ivy Juice. Oh yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah, he made a ton Damn. of money off Ivy Juice. Very smart. Invest your money, and artists. I think he just does what he wants, man. And, and it shows in his music. It shows yeah, in life. the art. Yeah, it, it's, it's and his music is fun to listen to. And uh, 
the, you know, his music is fun, but it, it shows the evolution and, and it has a maturity to it. I enjoy it. Um, one of the things people have been talking about, I wasn't super crazy about, but and and I think it's hard for them because there's a lot of people in their group, but I enjoy their album. I mean, their uh, new video um, was the 1999 Wildfire video uh, by Brockhampton. Oh, yeah. And Brockhampton is an interesting group, man. It's like nine, maybe more dudes from, from Texas. They're all very different, but they come together. And uh, I, I tripped. This song is produced by Jazzy Faye, man. What? And Jazzy Faye is like, man, legendary producer from Atlanta, I believe. It's a Jazzy Fizzle production. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And Jazzy Faye, though, has, has done a lot of shit behind the scenes. Um, he worked Willie with Joe was signed to Jazzy Faye. Young Greatness. Mm. You know what I mean? Like a lot of stuff. Now he's working with Brockhampton. It's pretty interesting. And Jazzy Faye is one of those dudes. I think his father was in the record industry as wow. well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was on Motown, I think. I think my only like criticism of him is that I think he definitely bit E-40's whole swag. <laughs> with the glasses and the candle and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, hey, I'm not gonna deny that one, uh, but uh, but uh, Brockhampton, you know, what I mean, uh, they're they're an interesting group. I think because there's so many people in the group that it kind of there'll be like some really dope verses and there'll be some verses that aren't that great. But visually, you know, the the video is pretty interesting, and it was cool to see Jazzy Faye work with. Um, he usually kind of works. With big pop artists, yeah, or, or kind of like I mean, Brockhampton is going to be pop, truth be told, but but they're more of an alternative sound, I guess you would say. Me of Odd Future, some some. They, they, yeah, they're a collective. It's crazy because when they first came out, they they uh, marketed themselves as a boy band, even though they were a rap group. I think it was I a joke. Funny. I think it was a joke, but yeah. it was it was a smart market marketing tool. But um, yeah, that that video is interesting. Check that out. Hell yeah, man. That's going to be our topic on next episode is um, can boy bands still make a comeback in <laughs> As rap 2018? Group. I mean, SLBRBE is a hood-ass boy band right there. You know what I mean? Damn. Yeah, but I mean, I say that with all due respect. Yeah, he said I'm saying they're like the dynamic boy band, band ever. Uh, New Edition was a boy band there. Incredible. Well, that was invented by the boy band creator. <laughs> was it that dude, the general dude, like that guy who wears like the military outfit? You know what I'm talking nah, about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but it wasn't the guy, him, no. He was the manager of the Backstreet Boys and the New Kids on the Block. And it was some black, oh, yeah, then it was him. Some black dude who always yeah, wears yeah. like military yeah. outfits. You yeah. know what's crazy? He was like behind a lot of that music, too. I'm not saying New Edition so much, but I think Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Britney Spears was uh, from House Party full force. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been making hits since the 80s. Yeah, man, they're paid. Like, Jay Valentine wrote a song for NSYNC. I believe it, man. He wrote he wrote um, the the title track to one of the like the one of the older albums. Shout out D Nas, he like the biggest Instinct fan in the band. He hella fucking is. <laughs> he loves wow. Well, I mean, I guess that was a wave. Yeah. Oh yeah, he loves. I was that like shit. sixth grade dance type of vibe. One thing I think I think we'll, I think it's safe to say like eventually. I think it's safe to say eventually we'll, we'll have him on the show. But one thing I, I respect about that guy. Is he just loves all kind of music, and if he loves it, he loves it. Hey, he got. A I wide like that. I'll be dope yeah. to bring him on here. And and for the rest of y'all listening, man, holler at us um, this week on Twitter and Instagram, and let us know what you want to hear us talk about. Let us know yeah. what you think of the content. Let us know who you'd like to see. I've mm. been around town, been around the bay, getting a lot of few positive feedback. People have been sure, listening, sure. but let us know and follow us. Uh, my at Instagram, Native Sons Podcast. There's Native Sons Podcast. N a t i v e s o n z Podcast. Yeah. On Instagram, um, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram at DJ Sean G. That's phonetically spelled D double E J A Y S E A N G. I'm Dregs One D R E G S underscore O N E, and that's on 
That's on everywhere. all platforms. All platforms. Yeah. DEO four and five everywhere. Yeah, man. And uh, until our next episode. Oh, I also, sorry, real quick before I want to log off, I want to just give a quick shout out to my brother, uh, my young homie, Professor Gable of The Watershed. He just dropped the album called Ouch last night. I'm on it. I'm honored that he featured me on there. And I just want to give him a quick shout out, man. For sure, for sure. But I know it's time to go. So until next week, I just want y'all to, to stay sucker free. Keep your mind open and your third eye. And um, you know what I'm saying? Don't put all your faith in corrupt politicians. This is Drex One, DJ Sean G, DO415, Deshaun Davis, Dream Air Productions, signing off. Native Sons Podcast, we out of here. Blah.